Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The New Testament book of Galatians reveals much about the gospel of grace and the freedom that believers have in Christ. But if we read it carefully, we'll also see a marvelous pattern for all believers, the living and manner of the Apostle Paul. This epistle shows us one who was bold and faithful to the truth, yet humble and careful before the Lord to preserve the oneness of the body of Christ without ever falling into politics. Stay with us for this enlightening life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Today brings us to a very difficult situation for the Apostle, and we can learn a lot from his handling of this situation. Dick Taylor is back with us today. Welcome, Brother Dick. Thank you, Brother Chris. It's really a privilege to be here for this fellowship on the gospel of grace and this marvelous freedom in Christ we never want to lose. Dick, I'm looking forward to this program. It's in the most difficult situations when you really see a lot of the depth and the reality in the spirit that the Apostle Paul had and the way he handled these situations. It's very enlightening. A background is important to our message today. We see the Apostle in his letter to the believers in Galatia is perplexed faced with a difficult situation. Describe for us a little bit about the situation that he faced. There were some false believers who crept into the church life, and as a result of what they were propagating, it caused trouble to the churches. For example, they were teaching people that they needed to be circumcised in order to be saved. Well, this is totally against the truth. This is a perversion of the truth. As a result of the work of these false brothers, many of the true believers were influenced. This caused a big cloud over the church in Jerusalem and over many of the churches that the brothers from there touched. So the result was Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, and he even used terms like this, who has bewitched you? Oh, foolish Galatians. He was facing a very smoggy situation spiritually because of the creeping in of these false brothers that were used by Satan to take people away from Christ, the crucified and resurrected and wonderful Christ, and to remove them from the freedom that was in Christ back to the bondage of the law. This was a real tragedy, but this was the situation Paul was facing. He faced it as a faithful minister of Christ, honest, frank, and bold. Because of Paul's facing this situation in such a faithful way, we could be here today enjoying the truth. Dick, you and I were looking at a verse before we began to record today. I think it's worth reading that verse because it does play very, very specifically into our topic today, and that's Galatians 1.6. 
I marvel that you are so quickly removing from him who has called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. The influence of these others really had the danger of bringing in a different gospel, didn't it? It sure did. And that different gospel takes you away from Christ. We never want to be taken away from him. We're going to look at some of the components of this potentially different gospel in this first section. Let's join Witness Lee. Firstly, this portion shows us Paul's faithfulness. Then it tells us Peter's unfaithfulness. In this book, Paul set up a very good example that he was honest, he was faithful, he was frank, and he was bold. Here you can see a situation which was so serious and which was so touchy. And Paul, even he himself, told us in chapter 4, he was perplexed. He was puzzled, not knowing how to handle the situation, how to deal with those distracted believers in Galatia. Yet, on the one hand, you could see he was honest. He was frank. Yes, he was puzzled, but he didn't play any politics. Do you know? To play politics is much either. To play politics is just another form to lie. But the church is another realm. In this realm, which is the kingdom of the heavens, there should not be any lie, neither there should be any politics. We have to realize the church it's the embassy of the heavenly kingdom on this earth. In the church, there shouldn't be any lie, shouldn't be any politics. I feel the brother Paul was a good example. My, he was a real heavenly ambassador. He spoke the truth. Right is right to him. Run is run to him. So Paul said, Oh, foolish Galatians, are you not foolish to follow the Judaizers? So by this, we all can see, we all can learn one lesson. Don't play politics. Be honest, be faithful, be frank, and be bold. Well, Dick, we're examining the faithfulness of the Apostle Paul today. As he was dealing with the situation of these Jewish believers that were still zealous for the law, and particularly for three great pillars of Judaism, circumcision, keeping the Sabbath, and their holy diet, what would have been the problem with Paul just accepting these practices for the sake of preserving peace with all the Jewish believers? Several things. Number one, Chris, is the truth would have been blurred and the truth would have surely been perverted. Number two, if Paul would have accepted these teachings, it would have removed everyone who heard him from this precious, wonderful, crucified and resurrected Christ. Number three, the new man would be gone. And the new man is what Christ created on the cross. 
out of Jews and Gentiles, circumcision and uncircumcision. Number four, there would be no life study radio program today because we would not be enjoying life. Life is Christ himself. So we have to thank the Lord that Paul did not just accept these, but he was bold, he was frank, and he was honest to refute this as something against the truth and to bring everybody back to Christ. If Paul would have gone along with these teachings of circumcision, Sabbath, and the holy diet, it says in verse 18 that he'd be building again what he once destroyed. And I appreciate in Ephesians 2, 15, Chris, it says, the Lord in his death abolished the law of commandments and ordinances, and in himself, through his death and resurrection, created one new man, so making peace. Even in Galatians chapter 3, it says we're baptized into Christ, and now there's no more Greek, no more Jew. We're just all one in this wonderful Christ. To go back to this Old Testament ritualistic law of circumcision, Sabbath, and the holy diet would destroy the new man and would completely remove us from Christ. I'd say, finally, Chris, these three things, circumcision, the Sabbath, and the holy diet, they are part of the Old Testament, but they were only shadows. And these shadows all point us to Christ. In Colossians 2, 16 and 17, it says that so many things like eating, drinking, new moon, Sabbath, etc., they're all shadows, but the reality, the substance is of Christ. This gospel to the Galatians is a gospel of Christ. So Paul was very burdened that we would not cling to anything but Christ himself. Circumcision is a picture of the crucified Christ. Once you have the crucified Christ, throw circumcision away. The Sabbath is a type and a shadow of Christ as the real rest. Once you have Christ, forget about the Sabbath because he is the Sabbath. Now, this third ritual, the holy diet, that is just a shadow of Christ. Christ himself is the real holy diet. Apart from him, everything else is unholy no matter what you eat. So let's spend our time eating and enjoying Christ. Dick, the principle there, which you just touched, I appreciate it very much. For us to keep the holy diet is to keep the feast, which is just to enjoy our Christ. Dick, there's no book in the New Testament that really is focused on giving us a biographical sketch of the Apostle Paul, but we do get glimpses from time to time and in portions that really do give us a picture of his life. This coming portion is one of those. Let's join Witness Lee, and we'll be back. Paul's faithfulness. Going up to Jerusalem again, 14 years later, Paul told us he went there with Barnabas and Titus according to Revelation. And we know this refers to the time of Acts 15. Acts 15 tells us by that time these Judaizers caused a lot of trouble. Traveling around and telling people if you are not circumcised, you could never be saved. They have made 
circumcision, a term, a condition of God's eternal salvation. That was serious. So Paul got the revelation at that time to go to the source of the trouble. And he went to uh, lay the gospel which he proclaimed among the nations privately to those of reputation. Paul and Barnabas and Titus went up to Jerusalem, not to hold a big congregation, but just to contact the apostles and the elders, which Paul called those of reputation. He also says, Paul received nothing from those of reputation. He didn't receive anything. I don't think Peter, John, James did have something to teach Paul. And rather, I do believe Paul had a lot to teach them. Why we know this? Well, they all wrote something. Peter wrote something, two epistles. John wrote something, uh, three epistles plus the Gospel of Revelation. And James wrote something, the book of James. And how about Paul? Paul wrote exactly 100 chapters. Actually, Paul had seen much more than Peter, James, and John. You have to realize, Peter, James, and John, they got to know Christ mostly in the flesh. But Paul got to know Christ altogether in the spirit. In the flesh, Paul probably never saw Jesus' face. Never saw. But Peter, John, James were there with the Lord Jesus. Maybe day and night for three and a half years. They saw the Lord Jesus physically. And they learned a lot of the Lord Jesus physically. But that is all too much physical. But Paul got to know the Lord Jesus. Not in a physical way, but in a spiritual way. So he told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, now we should know Jesus. We should know Christ not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Just by the one book, Romans, you could see Paul by that time has seen much more of Christ than what Peter, James, and John did. He had a lot to teach Peter, John, and James, to teach all those ones of reputation in Jerusalem, but there was not such an atmosphere. Dick, you and I were together a few days ago talking about the gospel that Paul preached and the tremendous revelations and light that he had received directly from the Lord. Then he went up to Jerusalem to confirm with the brothers there all the things that he'd received from the Lord. And this was a real testimony we talked about to his perception and understanding and appreciation of the body of Christ. But now 14 years have gone by and he goes up to Jerusalem again to those who were of reputation. Why was Paul's going this second time a demonstration of his faithfulness? It was a demonstration of his faithfulness in a basic way because he knew the source of the problem was Jerusalem. So he went right to the source to deal with the source. 
in chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, we have several clear items that demonstrate Paul's faithfulness. He was faithful to the revelation. The gospel that he preached initially didn't come from Jerusalem or Judea. The gospel came from the direct appearance of the Lord Jesus himself. So he went based on revelation. He was very exercised to live by the Lord as the spirit in his spirit. He didn't play politics. He wasn't hypocritical. He needed to face the problem. He laid everything before the brothers, and it says, in a private way. He didn't go to Jerusalem to gain some crowd or a big name for himself. He went to carry out what had been revealed to him by the Lord, that this was something against the gospel. So he was faithful to the Lord, even to deal with this problem with those that he called of reputation, but he did it privately. He wanted to deal with the source and make sure it was cleared up. He didn't yield to these false brothers, not even for an hour. He was very strong to keep the truth. He received nothing from those who were of reputation. He listened to them, but they had nothing more to offer him. On the other hand, as our brother mentions in this message, they had a lot to gain from him because he received so much from the direct revelation from the Lord Jesus. He had been given by the Lord the gospel of the uncircumcision and the gospel to the uncircumcision. He had to be faithful to go up to Jerusalem and to deal with this problem because of his being entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised. And finally, it says in verse 11 of chapter 2 that he opposed Peter to his face. Many believers would be afraid of Peter because of his reputation, but Paul was not afraid. So all of these points indicate how Paul demonstrated his faithfulness. Well, Dick, it also demonstrates that not all of these ones were quite so faithful, and we're going to see that in this last section. By reading his record in this section, we have to realize he was an honest person. He was faithful with all his frankness and boldness. And this caused him to oppose Peter. To oppose Peter to his face. Why? Because Peter was really not so faithful. Concerning the matter of eating, Peter was the first one who received the vision not to keep the Levitical diet animal, but not too long in Antioch, Peter played hypocrisy. At Antioch, firstly, he was eating with those of uncircumcision. If that was unclean, he shouldn't do it, but he did it. As he did it, he approved that was not unclean, that was not wrong. If that was wrong, why he did it? As he did it, surely that was not wrong. But when those of circumcision came, Peter shrank back from the eating and separated himself. Why? Because he was fearing those of the circumcision. By this you can see the atmosphere of keeping circumcision at that time was high. Not only so, 
rise of the Jews joining him in the example of hypocrisy. Even Barnabas was carried away. This proves there was a strong atmosphere insisting that all the believers should be circumcised. And they did practice this. Peter shouldn't be subdued by this. Peter was the top leading one. And he saw the vision, but he just played hypocrisy. He didn't forget. And he couldn't forget. That can never be forgotten. So Paul rebuked them. Paul said, they worked not straightforwardly in relation to the truth of the gospel. Paul rebuked Peter to his face. And Peter was absolutely wrong. Playing hypocrisy, forcing or compelling the Gentile believers to live a Jewish life. I tell you, this is altogether a damage to the clear truth of the gospel. So, the Apostle Paul, probably he was the only one there who was so bold to rebuke this number one apostle. Thank the Lord. There was such a brother. We have to thank the Lord. If he was not there, I tell you, the truth might be blurred. But hallelujah, the truth is kept so clear, crystal clear in the New Testament that today in Christ there is no circumcision. That today we do have such a liberation, a freedom from the slavery under the law, from the bondage of circumcision. Now, we only need faith in Christ. Dick, when you and I were together during our last break, you mentioned chapter 2, verse 11, where Paul says that he opposed Peter or Cephas to his face because he stood condemned and not faithful in this matter. Let me read the following verses now and then ask you to comment on how this displays not only Paul's faithfulness, but Peter's unfaithfulness. For before some came from James, he, meaning Peter, continually ate with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to shrink back and separate himself, fearing those of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also joined him in this hypocrisy, so that even Barnabas was carried away in their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not walking in a straightforward way in relation to the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, being a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? A very compelling argument, isn't it, Dick? It sure was. And again, from these verses you just read, Chris, again, we can see several things that indicate clearly Peter's unfaithfulness and why he needed to be rebuked. One thing is that at one point he was eating with the uncircumcised because he had a strong vision. Because in Acts chapter 10, there was an undeniable vision that he'd received directly from the Lord about the Gentiles being made clean and he could be one with them. So Peter at one time had eaten with the uncircumcision based on that vision. But it tells us in these verses you read that he was shrinking back, and he was separating himself from them 
because of fearing those of the circumcision. That is, those believers who had been influenced by false brothers. This clearly shows how Peter was being unfaithful to the truth of the gospel. Another point is that Peter himself was influencing the rest of the Jews, joining him in this hypocrisy. This hypocrisy means it's a hypocritical matter and even something of politics. It's like you're trying to please people. But you can see when Paul entered the scene, there was no politics. He wasn't there as a man pleaser. He was there to carry out the truth of the gospel and to be faithful to the Lord. But Peter was there full of hypocrisy. He should have been just going ahead, eating with the Gentiles as he was. They were his brothers in Christ. But now, He not only shrank back and separated himself, he was influencing the other believers and stopping them from being in the enjoyment of one new man and taking them away from the freedom that they had in Christ. And another thing is that Peter even became influenced to such an extent that even the co-worker Barnabas was also being removed from Christ, carried away to a different gospel. This is a shame. By looking at both Paul and Peter, we have the example both positively and negatively. From both we learn. Paul's example shows us we need to be filled with the bold, frank, straightforward, honest Christ. Peter's negative example of unfaithfulness, again, helps us to get back to Christ as the one who is genuine, honest, not hypocritical, and not political. May we learn from both of these examples. I'm glad that you said it that way, Dick, because we do want to point out that we're not here just to criticize or put down Peter. Surely we appreciate him as one of the main contributors to the New Testament. But at this particular time in his life and ministry, his weakness was exposed, not so that we could put him down, but that we could learn from his failure and his lack of faithfulness so as to not fall into a same or similar trap ourselves. But surely Peter, one of the cherished ones in the New Testament, and even later comes back in his own ministry and commends Paul's teaching, in a sense acknowledging, yes, I fell, I slipped, but we all need to be uplifted to this vision. That's true. We really do appreciate and love our dear brother Peter, but it seems like the Lord always uses him for an example of what not to be like. May we learn from Peter. Right. Dick, I've enjoyed this fellowship a lot. I wish we had more time. Come back again. We'll have more fellowship on this topic before we get out of Galatians. Amen. I look forward to that, Chris. And since uh, we're talking about the whole message, we have to recommend the Life Study message because it is complete and total and will cover all of these things in far more detail and clarity than than you and I were able to, Dick. Contact us, if you would, at our toll-free number, and we'll get information and get the book off to you. And our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Please contact us today. We'd love to hear from you. Today for Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. 
If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.